Today is Mother's Day. Mothers, thank you. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your money. It's a big one. <laughs> thank you so much for your nurturing. Sorry, I, didn't, I looked at my mom and just knowing the past that we've had and where we're at now, that's true importance and that's definition of why God exists and that's proof of it right there. I used to get in big fights with my mom. Sorry, sidetracking. I used to get in big fights with my mom. Um, she has a really hard, hard, hard head. <laughs> and... And because I'm her child, I happen to have that trait as well. <laughs> so I had a really hard, hard head, but thank God it wasn't quite that hard. And so we'd fight, and we'd get in, we'd get in, in truffles, and we'd get upset. And, you know, there's a time. I'm actually talking with my youth, and there's a time when I told my mom, Mom, I don't think I would be upset if you died. I said that to my mom. I was really young and dumb. I was really young and dumb, and I said that to her. And then there's a scripture that I read because I had so much unforgiveness to my mom. There's a scripture in Matthew when, when uh, the disciples were asking, Jesus, how do we pray? How do I pray? And then we all know the prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But following that scripture... It's still in red, which meaning this is what Jesus said. He said, forgive others your sins, and your heavenly Father will forgive you your sins. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And for me, I was like, whoa, that's black and white right there. There's no ands, ifs, or buts, or rounds, that thing. That's what Jesus said. And so that forgiveness process is so hard. And I didn't do it overnight. It, what, the forgiveness wasn't just the next day. It took time for me to pray for my mom. And now I don't want anything to happen to my precious mom because I love her so much. And I appreciate all that you've done, Mom. Thank you. Okay, now we're going to get into the message. Whew. <laughs> didn't expect to do that. Mom, I love you. Appreciate you. Today, we're going to take a look at two women in the Bible, Martha and Mary. So if you would turn to the book of Luke, chapter 10, starting in verse 38, I'm going to give you a little background. So Jesus was with his, was with his disciples, and he was going to Bethany, and he wanted to, he was going to go visit Martha and Mary, because that's where they lived together, and Martha opened up her her home to him, which was super, super kind. However, Martha was very busy trying to prepare. So let's read. Verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? 
tell her to help me. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the word of truth. And God, would you just open up our hearts to be able to receive something today, that we can receive you in your presence, Father, and that you can give us peace today. Would you use the words that I have that you've given me, Father, that we can just be open and be real. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man. So Martha, opening up her home to Jesus. So if I said, hey, Jesus is coming over to your house right after church, what would you do? Somebody would be like, oh, I got to leave early. Sorry. Got to go take care of some stuff. Got to go clean the kitchen, go clean the bathroom, make everything look nice, vacuum. Haven't done that for a couple weeks. All those things, right? We would be trying to, to look our best for Jesus, right? Some of you probably be like, ah, I don't care. Just come on over. Just come on over. But what would you do? I don't know what I would do. I'd probably freak out. I'd actually probably invite him to go out to eat somewhere because it's easier to bring someone somewhere else than it is to bring him into my home. Karen, yep, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, let's just go to Pizza Ranch. We'll chill there for a couple hours. It's way easier. Way easier. So let's look at what Martha did. What did she do? Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had that had to be made. And she had the audacity to say, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do the work by myself, tell her to get up and help me. She's just sitting there talking with you. I'm doing all this work. I need help. So uh, what I had to do is I had to take a look at Martha and take a look at, at Mary and what are their traits like. See, Martha, she was a hostess. She was a perfect hostess. And there's nothing wrong with that. She was a perfectionist. She was very had very high expectations set for herself and sometimes probably didn't even fulfill them because she was so detail-oriented that I guarantee if she was here, this place would be spotless. Spotless. Thank God for the Marthas in our lives today, yeah? Amen? And then let's take a look at Mary. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was into those relationships, connecting with him, devoting herself to him. She kind of took life as it comes. Now, guys, don't be thinking, oh, no, I wish I had a Martha, or I wish my wife was a Mary. Don't be thinking that. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not trying to compare. I'm just putting out their, their, their traits right now, and we're taking a look at them, okay? But Martha was so upset, she had the audacity to say, Lord, seriously, I'm doing this for you. I'm getting my house ready for you. Tell Mary to get up and help me, please. No, she didn't say please. But then this is what Jesus says in verse 41. Martha, Martha. He said her name twice. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Wow. Can you imagine me going up to my mom saying, hey, mom, Jonathan did this, and he did this, and he did this. And then my mom looks at me and says, that's because it's correct. 
it's the right thing to do. It's like, but he did this and this and this. How much humility do you think Martha had right there? She probably got shot to the heart, not feeling very well. You know, Martha's the oldest, you know, she's, so she, she had to set these high expectations because she was the older sister to Mary, and she had to make everything look perfect. You know, sometimes we do that. We call it a performance trap. A performance trap. Sometimes we, we have to look perfect enough to get the approval of others, and that's what Ma- Martha was doing. Martha was trying to, to win God's approval by, by cleaning up, by making the food getting it ready at a certain time for Jesus, getting it ready at the perfect timing, giving him the, the perfect taste of food. She had such high expectations, but you could see that she was clearly frustrated. She was angry, right? Super angry. And, and you can imagine that she'd probably be like this a lot. She'd probably be a little bit restless because there's so many things on her to-do list that she has to get done. And some of us, we live that way too. We live that way. But if we take a look at Mary's life, we see that Mary has been talked about in the Bible in three occasions. First, or first time in Luke 10 right here, John 11, 32, and John 12. And there's something about Mary. Every time that she's with Jesus, she was at his feet. So what we just read, she was seated at the feet of Jesus and just listened. She conversed with him. She related with him. In John eleven thirty two, 32, when um, Lazarus was dead, she was weeping. So she fell at Jesus' feet, saying, if you were just here, in John 12, she uh, rubbed some nard, weird word, nard, on, on Jesus and anointed him and wiped his feet with her hair. And Jesus said, well, she's preparing for my death. And everyone else was like, well, what? You're dying? What? Where are you going to go? And the reason why she understood why he was dying is because she spent time with him. She knew who Jesus was. So if we travel back about 2,000 years, here we are. What are some of the traps or the distractions in our world today? Anyone name one? Technology. Wow. Wow. Phones, huge, huge distraction in life. Now, they're not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I can call my mom. I can text my mom. I can even, ooh, ignore my mom. Put that on voicemail. You can do all these things with your phone that everything's at the touch of your hands. And it's right in your pocket. Everyone carries it with them. Facebook. How many of you have Facebook? I love Facebook, but not like scrolling around and reading what people have to say because I get annoyed by that, but I love Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) I click on that thing and I can scroll for hours, hours and hours. Like, ooh, click on that. Ooh, we'll save that one. 
and I dream about, hey, that'd be kind of cool if I could get that. In fact, Facebook is coming into my life so much. I'm going to be open and I'm going to be vulnerable that there's times at night when I lay down with my wife and I will be on Facebook for a whole hour not even conversing with her, not even talking to her. That's how bad it gets because I want something. I want something cool like this cool trailer or this cool antique thing that they're posting for only 25 bucks. I want it. It's a steal. Yeah. Because your heart just boop. The dopamine in your brain's like, oh, this is a really good deal. I got to get it. Honey, what do you think? I should get it, right? Messaged him. Picking it up tomorrow. <laughs> do we have any money in the bank account for it? No? Okay. I'll figure it out. Amazon. Amazon, man. That's the same thing. I, I click on that thing like, ooh, just keep scrolling, keep scrolling. And Netflix. Netflix is a huge one. How many of you watch Netflix? It's a big distraction, man. I could binge watch for hours and hours and hours and then finally realize, oh, it's Sunday. I got to wake up. Got to get ready for church. It's just so easy to get attached to those things. Stuff. One another trap is stuff. How many of you have stuff? We all have stuff. And we just keep stuffing more in. We keep stuffing and stuffing. Because we get this, this image of needing a house and then needing a new vehicle and then, oh, having a four-wheeler. That would be really cool. And then, oh, I got to have the latest and greatest clothes. Did you just see that one? Subscriptions. Are those ever so deadly? They have subscriptions that they can send you clothes. Like if you just look at Amazon, Netflix, you can buy groceries from Amazon. I never have to leave my house. I would never have to leave my house. I can look up all the news that I want on Facebook. They'll tell me everything I need to know. They'll tell me everything that Donald Trump is doing wrong or doing right. Most of the time it's wrong, but I think he's doing an awesome job. Also pray for him. Don't forget to pray for Donald Trump. And then Amazon, I, I have entertainment for days, years, years. Or Netflix, yeah. I don't ever have to leave. Subscriptions, you can get, you can get clothes sent to you to fit you, and then you can, if it doesn't work or doesn't fit right, you can send it back. How convenient. Very convenient. And then, of course, the other trap is being busy. How many of you are busy? I'm busy. I'm busy. With my job, at work, with my family, with projects that are never ending, and busy trying to get the approval of others. We go out of our way to get the approval of others. We'll go so far that we'll, we'll buy things that make us look rich or make us look better. And sometimes I have to ask myself at work when I come here because 
Sometimes I get so built up on work and getting stuff done that I forget to spend time with Jesus because I'm so busy serving Jesus, right? Because I'm too busy serving Jesus. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But when I serve Jesus more and more, and I want to get something done, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, there's only one thing that's really there. It's me. I don't take enough time to spend time with Jesus. So what happens? What are the dangers of traps? What are the dangers of traps? Discontent. Discontentment comes from one place. When we compare our lives to someone else's. When we compare our lives with someone else's. Or when we compare our church to someone else's church, to another church, we get discontent. I went to, uh, last week I was, I was gone to Grace Point in Brookings. We pull up in the parking lot. Oh, man, the parking lot was paved with concrete. Hallelujah. Right? I open, the doors were open for me. I go in. Hi, how you doing? Happy face. Go in another door. Hi, how you doing? Happy face. Welcome. I go in and I look up. Everything is open. And then I see a coffee bar over there. I see people over there. I see technology over here. I see a welcome center over here. And I'm like, oh, that would be so nice. That would be so nice. I go into the sanctuary. Oh, man, there are lights everywhere, moving lights. They have a huge stage. And I look to my left and my right, and there's people filled the pews. They hand me a nice bulletin. And I was like, wow, this is quality stuff here. This is really nice. So then I come back here and I'm like, hey, we should do this, 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 we should do this. And I'm thinking of these things and my, my mind wasn't focused because I, when I do that, all I wanted was that. I didn't want Jesus. I mean, I want Jesus, but my priority shifted to, to that to look like that, to, to be like that, to feel like that. And that's why priority shift happens when we get the, into these traps. Priority shifts. So no longer is, is, is God in my number one place, but my, my number one thing is to, to get to this place so then I can, oh, maybe I'll, I'll see Jesus up there then. Or maybe if we do it this way, or, or maybe if I sound like that, and it becomes a performance trap, that we can welcome all these people in this church, we can, we can be as happy as we want, but I really wanted what they had, and I felt that. Blaming others is another danger of these traps. Oh, well, he got the job because he was way more smart than me or because he had a tuxedo on and I didn't have a tuxedo on. Or, well, she's dating him. He's, he got the girlfriend because she's way prettier than I am. Or, wow, I only need to get that nice pair of jeans. Then I'll have the confidence that I need to talk in front of people, or to do this, or to do that. We start to blame others. It's easy to do. 
And the last one is we lose out on relationships. Not only are you losing out on, on the relationship that you have with Jesus in those moments, but you also lose out on relationships like with your spouse. Like I said, I was on my phone. Not even talking with my wife. And we had only been married over a year. I still love my wife so much. She only gets me mad sometimes. <laughs> but it's so easy. We want the approval of others. And when we become busy, I've heard this, what busy means. Being under Satan's yoke when we're busy because we get distracted. That's the enemy pulling you away from what he wants. And even me, when I'm scrolling on Facebook, I get more excited when I see a find than I do opening up my Bible. I get more excited when I'm like, oh, a good deal, a good deal, boop, message the seller. That when I wake up and I open my Bible, I don't get that same excitement. We don't want to get trapped. So what are the traps in your life? What are the distractions in your life that are causing you to push Jesus aside? We don't want to get in the performance trap of, oh, I need to look like this so I can get the approval of others. I want to keep up with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I want the white picket fence with the red door, the tire swing on the side, two dogs, three new vehicles, and, of course, money in the bank. Because I want these things, too. It's easy to want those things. And in, in fact, it, it almost feels like it, it's, it's normal. It has to be normal. Or it, or it has to be normal that, that women, you would have to wear makeup and you have to look this certain way or you have to, to be a certain amount of weight. The cool thing is that normal comes from God. If you look back in Genesis... We are made in his image and in his likeness. God used himself as a model to build each and every one of us. How awesome is that? That's pretty awesome, amen? That is so awesome. We get so busy. So I'm going to leave you with this quote from Martin Luther. He was a busy guy. He says this, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. See, Martin Luther, he understood that he couldn't do anything without Jesus. He knew that if, if Martin Luther knew that, he knew that if he did it all by himself, he would get nowhere. He would get nothing done. I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, merciful Savior, God, we love you. God, thank you for loving us. 
despite of our distraction and these traps that we get so caught up in and the busy lives. God, would you open our hearts today and would you just mend the brokenness, Father? And would you just give us the, the humbleness to, to see our own heart and to see where these traps are? Father, and would you shed them from us? Help us to, to pick up our cross and follow you, God. Help us to spend time with you Help us to know that we can't do anything without you. We can keep building up our kingdom, keep building up our kingdom, and keep trying, keep trying and, be dis- and not be content with what we have, God, because we're always going to want more. But God, we just thank you for always being there, for your grace and your mercy that just flows on us each and every day. And God, we just thank you for the mothers for all that they have done, all that they continue to do. Would you just help them to have a blessed day and also a blessed week, God? Would you bless each and every family, all our families, Father, and would you continue to to grow in our lives? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.